Hey, Vergecast fans, after you've gotten updated on the developments in tech this week, come join us at Worldly, Vox's foreign policy podcast. It's Jen Williams, Zach Beecham, and me, Yolchi Driesen, with your weekly guide to making sense of the wider world, the big stories, the small ones, the depressing ones, the funny ones. You can find us on your favorite podcasting app. Come subscribe, rate, review, email us at worldlyatvox.com. We'd love to hear from you. Hello, and welcome to The Vergecast, the flagship podcast of TheVerge.com. And then this is new. I'm going to start saying this every week. Mm -hmm. A part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Which is vast. Which is huge. Yeah. Vox Uh, is like the tugboat. Bring us in in the port. (laughs) (laughs) I like to think that we're the flagship podcast of the whole network. I don't know if... If that's how anyone else feels. <laughs> or if it's literally true. Yeah. You know, Ezra Klein show, it's fine. There's no gadgets on it, <laughs> I think is the main problem. We're, we're the flagship podcast, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't somewhere else an army. Like, we're part of the mm. armada. Mm. Yeah. But there might, there, the, that's just that's just sea power. The Vox Media Podcast this Network also with, has air power and oh. land power. Yeah. This ends with me sending a note to the CEO being like, I am now an admiral <laughs> in <our> podcast <laughs> triad. Anyway, also very exciting. Dieter Bone is in the studio Hello. with us this week. Yeah. And Paul is here. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton of news because oh. of IFA. IFA. Uh, which 2017. Which Paul, stands what, for what International stand for? Federation of Electronics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, yep. not, it's not what it stands for. Uh, but we got a big crew up there. Uh, Vlad's there. Tom yep. Warren's there. Uh, Becca, one of our video producers, is there. Chris Welch is there. No. Not, no. not true. You just think he's there because he's he so good at videos. Yeah. Chris Welch is in Germany in spirit. Yeah. He's he's <laughs> alone in a room with a map of Germany. <laughs> <laughs> lot of, he, he's German in spirit. A lot of... Lot of Built not Bildungsroman. That's that's a coming-of-age story. <laughs> yeah. Is that anyway. how you say it? Bildungsroman? <laughs> Wow. Bu- buildings are There's also Schadenfreude. Dieter, um, Dieter's in the room and it's already what's the, very German in here. What's the spirit of the age word? Nietzsche. <laughs> God, <laughs> nailed it. Uh, all right, we should go right into the news. Uh, first of all, we're going to talk about the Apple stuff later in the show. But the Apple event is confirmed for September 12th. Yep. Zeitgeist. Mm. Zeit- oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot of zeitgeist at EFA this year. <laughs> uh, but the Apple event's confirmed for September 12th, which means we can announce that we are doing a live Vergecast on September 13th. Yep. Dieter, you've got all the details. I do. It is in San Francisco. Uh, you can buy tickets. And uh, later in the show, I will tell you what the link is to buy tickets. But if you're listening now, you know how to use the internet and Google, so you can search for it. Our venue is a very lovely place. It's the Robertson Auditorium at the Mission Bay Conference Center. Uh, and so we'll be doing it on September 13th. It'll be like an evening show. I don't know if I know the precise time off the top of my head, but get ready. And yeah. by the time you hear this, uh, we'll actually know what we're doing and we'll have a place for you to go and get tickets and you'll be able to come uh, see the three of us do a podcast. Yeah, that live. link will be in the post. We'll be tweeting a link, but the Vergecast Live, super yeah. exciting. We haven't done one of those. Not since South by Southwest. Oh yeah, we did it South by Southwest. Yeah, but you didn't invite me. But this time Paul will be there. (laughs) So way better. Way, way better. Way better. And we're going to get a haircut. I'm just going to say this. We're working on some guests. I'm not going to tell you who they are or if it's going to work out or if it'll just be Casey. (laughs) We're working on some guests. We're going to have, we're just, we're just going to have the little new Sphero R2D2 robot just making R2D2 noises. That thing is very cute. It is super. They were playing it with that. It falls over and like makes the sad noise. But it doesn't get back up. (laughs) 
know. But let's get into IFA. Yeah. So the big news at IFA, this is why I thought Chris Welch was there, is the LG V30. Yep. It is a phone. Yep. It's a big one. It's a big phone. Big it phone. looks beautiful. Uh, I think it looks beautiful. I've seen it in person. Okay. I think it 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 looks like an LG phone, which means that it is beautiful, but it is not drop-dead gorgeous yeah. in the way a Samsung phone is, yeah. right? But it There's, has the fingerprint sensor in the right spot. It, yes, it does. Uh, it <laughs> And it has a headphone jack with very high-quality DAC. Four. Four of them. Yeah. They're all in on headphone jack. Yep. This is the this is the thing that I want. <laughs> Here's what I'm not the not the headphone jack. Whatever. The thing you want is for Apple to make the big change and then everyone to react to it, not by copying them, but by going off in yeah. other wild directions. Mm. Yep. So I think Vlad wrote the piece like this is the ultimate headphone jack phone. Yeah. Four DACs, super high quality, random bang and Olufsen logo on the back of the phone. Someone explain to me why four is better than just one good deck because it's four what does quad deck mean yeah it's got four of them yeah but like it's a, only got one jack yeah so the three there's are just two for every on. channel <laughs> that's what you want uh it, it's spec war that's what it is okay but i really do think there's two for for both channels uh the other thing i mean actually well there's two things to say beyond I've got many things to say about the V30, actually. Yeah. I have a lot of feelings. Um, you should definitely watch Chris, uh, the video that Chris Welch is in that our team made and watch, read the post that, uh, that he wrote about it as a hands-on post. It's exciting for a lot of people because we're – even though Google says that they, like, make Pixel phones just completely on their own, we all kind of know it's still not that different from the Nexus program, and we're pretty sure that this phone is a pretty decent preview of what the Pixel XL is going to be like. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um the other thing that I think is personally interesting about this phone is it LG is sticking with its uh, camera, dual camera solution. So there's three ways now to do a dual camera. One is have a, a black and white and a color. Huawei and Essential do that. One is to have a regular and a telephoto, uh, which is, uh, I think, like Samsung is doing that and Apple kind of. It's like the portrait mode thing. Um, and then the third way is to have a regular and a super wide angle. Um, and that's what LG does. And just like, you know, you want people to react to the iPhone by differentiating in some way. Um, I am happy that LG went with a super wide angle lens. I yeah. don't know that I'm going to would like that better than having, you know, fancy bokeh portrait mode. I don't know that that's what I actually want. But I just love that it exists and they're they're continuing on it instead of just copying. They're saying, nope, this is this is the thing you get with a high end LG phone. You get a crazy wide angle camera and that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the, their little depth effects look neat. Yeah. And they're all in on, like, 4K video filter effects and yeah. being able to record raw audio. Like, they're trying to make the highest end camera yeah. they can. Yeah, like, this is the perfect concert phone. Quad DAC. Looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> Used live Google on, okay. the, on the show here. Okay. Uh, parallel sub-DACs. They, they, they stack for decreased noise. So they stack the DACs. St you st yeah, it's a DAC stack. <laughs> Uh, and it lowers the noise floor. There's uh, also something called the Time stack, Domain the Jitter Eliminator. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, I did a big deep dive on <laughs> Time <laughs> on, Domain on the Jitter. TDGE. Yeah. Yeah, Time Domain Jitter Eliminator. There's also uh, analog volume control. So oh. all the work is happening in the DAC, which I think is neat. But it's it that's going the other way. Yeah, that's great. Good for them. Which I think is is clever. Like that's how you differentiate in the market. There, there's that's the a thing you want. surprising lack of external DACs with the Lightning connector with mm. any 
good <laughs> like like that that aren't you know an old school large DAC that is as big as your phone. Yeah. Like it, th- I would think by now that there should be like a dozen good ones and two great ones yeah. that are like the size of a pack of juicy fruit or smaller. See, I feel like everybody's, stack. everybody's hopes and expectations for the dongle market have not materialized. No. There's still not a great multi-function USB-C dongle. The only one that I like have found that like fulfills my needs is a piece of garbage. Yeah. And I keep I look like once a week like all right, who's making the good one and nobody's making the good one. Similarly with the iPhone, like there's no DAX. Like there's not a like there's there's like a crazy microphone you can get and like there we're starting to see some interesting cameras for the iPhone. Like did you see that 360 cam that Sean O'Kane wrote about? It's a it's a 360 cam. You can like plug it in via that lightning thing to record like, you know, move your files over, but you can use it standalone. What's cool about it though is it does a thing that you want 360 cams to do, which is you just like hold it and take a picture. Yeah. Right? But because it's 4K, you can then take that movie or that picture and then pan and scan your actual 1080p video out of the 360 video Ooh. or out of the 360 shot. So if you want to if I want to take a picture, uh the I'll cool find. thing that Sean O'Kane yeah, wrote I'll about find, the Verge. If you want to if you want to live googling on the Verge live cast. Yeah. You could take a video of a thing with a 360 cam not to like get a 360 video but to get uh, a regular old 1080p video yeah. that is doesn't require you to like point the camera and blah 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 blah. You just like hold this thing up and then later on you can like get a multi-shot point the camera on do something video just by it looks like you're it. turning the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really cool. And you know, I think you can also pull stills out of it, which is neat. Yeah. It'll it'll rewarp the stills right. for you. I can't find this. So anyway, th- my point is like we're starting to see some like cool accessory things, but in general the oh. idea that oh don't worry, dongles will handle it. Uh, doesn't always work out this, as well this, as you hope. Uh, Rico thing, Insta three sixty one, that's what it's called. Yeah, the Insta, Insta three sixty space one. Huh. Yep. Yeah. So what LG should do mm-hmm. is create a dongle for the iPhone. And it's like it, enjoy the high end audio experience of the V thirty from your stupid iPhone that doesn't <laughs> even have a headphone jack. <laughs> Like, like it, it, you know, for aspir- aspirational people, just like you can get like a hat with the Mercedes Benz logo. Yeah. You know, you may, maybe can't afford it. You Mercedes actually call Benz. it the DAC stack. Yeah. Yeah. Buy the DAC stack, two ninety nine from LG. I don't know. I don't know that any accessory market has ever produced the number of things, except for USB. But every time Apple changed connectors. Yeah. Like the FireWire accessory market did not <laughs> develop. Well, you got hard Even drives. the Lightning accessory market has never truly developed. There's just a bunch of like docks, yeah. speaker docks, charging cables that don't work. Yeah. No DAC stacks. No DAC stacks. No By the way, DAC stack sounds super like it's a thing you can buy at Taco Bell. Although actually you can get a great DAC for Lightning. Yeah? Mm. Which one? Oh, wait, not Lightning. Thunderbolt for Thunderbolt. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. there's like the market for the pros. Yeah. Right, but the consumer level market of sure. crazy stuff you can plug into a phone. I think yep. this is also going to be the problem with modular phones. No one really knows what those accessories should be. Yeah, it happens to actually just be another 360 camera. <laughs> um, but that's <laughs> the only idea we have. Um, but I think the V30 looks really cool. I like that it it the LG's finally like taken the step up to compete. Yeah, I think the G6 like 
wasn't quite as nice as the Samsung phones. Like, just really well, obviously. I, nice I don't things. think the V30 is quite as nice as the Samsung phones either, really? to be blunt. Like, uh, everybody's very excited for the V30. It's, you know, the clearly like the biggest, you know, news at IFA, the most important phone there uh, by far. Sorry, Sony. Yeah. <laughs> this is a whole other thing. But I, I fundamentally will, I don't want to say it's a bias, but I have a hard time getting super jazzed by LG phones in general because I've been burned so many times by like, all right, this is the one. LG did it. And then I use it and then I experience the software and then I'm like, oh. Yeah. And I think watching Welch's video, that was still the... Right. It's still their software. But you can change the launcher, right? I mean, there's not much else there. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting segue to Sony. Are you guys ready to talk about Sony? Sure. Because Sony's going Oreo right away. But... Bezels everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> Bezel town. It's like really obvious Sony doesn't own a display company. They're I like, mean, we don't we don't have one of these. I mean, seriously, what year was this picture taken? This <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it Sony. Looks, it looks like those old. Remember when they were trying to make those dedicated PMP? Yeah, PMPs yeah. that would run Android. It looks like one of those. They make those. They still make those. They sell yeah. like a thousand dollar Walkman that runs Android two point two. Yeah, I mean, Sony's big thing is they made one of the phones they announced is like a human size non giganto phone that has the top end specs, the Snapdragon 835 and everything else you want. Um, but Sony started this design language and making these cool phones like two, three years ago and they got a bunch of like hardcore fans saying, yeah. Sony gets it. Sony makes fan- phones designed for humans and they're beautiful. They're minimal. And they're minimal and Sony's going to do it. They're going to turn it around. And Sony's like, yeah, thanks, fans. And then they did the exact same thing for the next three years, and they never broke into the U.S., and now it doesn't feel as innovative as it once did. Yeah, the essential exists, which is a truly minimal design. Yeah. Yeah, but this picture of the XC1 Compact, you're right. It's like, this looks like a reference design from 2010. Yeah. Well, I'll give it 2013. (laughs) Fine. Right? Maybe even 2014. But Mm. I... The the thing with the Sony phone is I want to deeply and truly love it, uh, but and I do think it is you know a pretty beautiful design, but it's also like those bezels don't help, and they're I don't have a ton of faith that they're going to execute, especially in the U.S. market, uh, to the point where like I can trust it as like a thing that I'll buy and like be supportive. Do you know what the most exciting thing Sony announced EFA is? The MHC V90W. It's a five foot six. Dig it. Foot tall. Is that? Did I steal it? Yeah. Never mind. I was just segueing. But well, I'll sorry, what, about, about, what about I'll the what about the, the the Sony HomePod? We'll yeah. get there. I'm saying the most exciting thing that Sony announced is a five and a half foot speaker. Yeah. With Chromecast, it has what four tweeters, four mid range, a huge woofer. All of the speakers light up. It is crazy looking. It has like a touch panel in the front. Here's what I really want to know. This is like the fourth one. Yeah. Like they made one. It's sold enough for them to make another one. That one's sold enough to make a third one. And now they're like, we made it even bigger. You can chain 10 of them together and you can control it with Google Assistant. Who is buying them? <laughs> and will they be friends with you? <laughs> yeah, like, where can I go to experience your purchases? I would like to be there. I'll bring drinks. Also, there's a team at Sony in a conference room with like sales charts on the wall yeah. that are like, we got to top ourselves, right? Like, there's a dip in the market here. 
I think if we had two more light up woofers, <laughs> we'll be able to capture even more of this market. I just want to be in that room. So if you work at Sony, you know somebody who works at Sony who builds the crazy party speakers, let me know. I will bring drinks to them. I would like to write this a profile like of that team. Who, what? I don't know. Block parties. I, it's super unclear, but they've sold enough of these, yeah. I repeat, to have multiple generations. What if they're? What if they exist solely to go into like Sony trade show booths, and that's how, that's how they sold them. Whenever Sony shows, rolls up at a trade show, they put those speakers in it, and that turns out they didn't realize it, but that's the entire market. <laughs> the trade shows, other people's <laughs> trade show booths. Well, why do you need to chain ten of them? And like, someone had to receive that feature request. Yeah. Execute it. Yeah. Put it in the product. Yeah. Tell a marketing team, like, put this in the press release. That's a lot of decisions. Yeah. I just want to be a part of it. <laughs> I just want to be in that family that everyone else is worried about phones and AI assistance and whatever. Yeah. And they're like, no, well, what they if did, the speakers could be a thousand colors? But they did worry about an AI assistant for it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <Damn> it. <laughs> There's no freedom. Uh, but we should talk about the home. So Sony made the big crazy speaker, which yep. again, I tell you, people bought three generations of them previously. Yeah, I mean, but they also made this weird bad home pod. The LFS 50G. It looks. Sony, can I get a job just naming your things? Oh, man. It looks so much like a home pod. But, but they, the, put the, they put a clock behind yeah, the fabric. Like, a, like an old school alarm clock yeah, behind it. Which I love. Sony makes a lot of alarm clocks. They yeah. were the default good alarm clock for like 10 it's years. True. It's true. It's a real I mean, if, if, if this thing was sitting on the nightstand in my next hotel room, I would be happy. Hmm. That would be cool. It That's would also interesting it, metric. Inevitably, the second the, the hotel bought it and put it on the nightstand, your phone would have a different connector. Yeah. That's how you know. My hotel where I'm staying at this time in New York, across the street, no alarm clocks in the room. Yeah. That's great. It. Do they have lightning plugs in the tables? Ah, that's that's like the power move. Like you don't need an alarm clock, but here's a selection of plugs. Uh, so this thing, actually, the alarm clock thing is interesting. It's got gesture controls on the top. I mean, it's a HomePod. It's also splash proof. It's got gesture controls splash on the top. Proof? It's got a clock on the front. It's got microphones. It's got two hundred bucks. Two hundred so bucks. Cheaper. The, the this is like the whole set of things that Efa that's worth talking about is what happened with Alexa. And Google Assistant. So Google a bunch Assistant. of a bunch of a bunch of speakers came out that like there's a version for Alexa and there's a version for Google Assistant and they're all like slightly different in like weird ways. Yeah. Um, and Amazon and Microsoft announced a deal, which <laughs> so is worth unpacking. Yeah. Alexa and Cortana are going to work together. Cool. Yeah. This deal was made when Jeff Bezos went to a CEO summit at Microsoft, and Sachin Dell was like. Wouldn't it be cool if they worked together? And he was like, yeah, sure. Cool. That's great. Yeah. A, another sort of party I'd just like to go to. Right. The Microsoft I, I bet they had those Sony speakers there. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> fucking crazy. Sacha's like, turn it up. I only hear nine. Uh, <laughs> but the, the way that deal is working right now is super dumb. Yep. So say it. <laughs> Just do it. You have to say, Alexa, ask Cortana to do something. Yep. And Alexa's like, cool. And then it, or you can dream. say, Cortana, ask Alexa to do something. And then, yeah. That's so clunky. That's that. I mean, that, that, I want to over still go farther. Yeah. Here's what I did. You see my 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 insightful analysis of this deal? Alexa and Cortana teaming up to take on Google Assistant 
is like the Patriots and the Browns teaming up to take on the Packers. Ooh. That doesn't... Cortana's the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> got it. I, I understand what you're saying. Interesting. Alexa cheats. Interesting. <laughs> I understand. And the Google Assistant is pure and good. Oh, okay. And the, I, the town owns the team. Yeah. By the way, in this analogy, I own two someone, shares someone of the replied Assistant. to this tweet and they said, oh, so that that would mean that that, that uh, Bixby is the Vikings. And I, <laughs> I was like, yep. Brutal. Um, I think my way of reading this is they have to team up because they need more scale. Yeah. And they just will never really truly be the default on the phones. Right. So how do you compete against Siri when you're, you're never going to be the default thing on the iPhone? You need scale. So it's a great deal for Microsoft because mm-hmm. they're going to go onto that whole family of Alexa devices. Great deal for Amazon because they're going to start to address all the Windows devices. Lots of scale. But what's interesting is that there's a bunch of phones now that are just going to do Alexa that are Android phones that have both. Yep. So Motorola announced a phone that just does Alexa stuff. Um, there's a couple other weird ones. But the Motorola one, I think the, the X4, the Moto X4, yep. it's just Alexa. And then I think this is also really interesting. <laughs> this is so weird. Lenovo has a bunch of crazy stuff. I think Lenovo has entered its, its sort of like crazy period. You know, like yes. they were they were like really big winners and now they're like, but we're still relevant. Here's crazy stuff. So they made a speaker that only plugs into its Android tablets. Yep. That runs Alexa. Yeah. I, no, so, no, 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 no. It's super 70? no. What? what? I, 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 I use this thing. Um, the speaker is a speaker. It does <laughs> nothing. You can't plug an aux into it. You can't talk to it. It it does nothing until you plug on the side, like a wing, one of <laughs> Lenovo's tablets into it. And then when you do that, the tablet says, oh, I'm plugged into a speaker now, and it turns into uh, uh, Alexa with a display. Huh. Yeah. That seems a lot clunkier than an Echo Show. Yep. But you can take, presumably you can, take the tablet and run away. But you can like, grab away. the tablet and do stuff with the tablet, or if you want to have an Echo Show, you plug the tablet into the do, Does it do Echo Show things when it has the tablet plugged in? I, be- I It does do Echo Show things, I am pretty sure. I didn't get to try it fully, but they their press release says it has like visual responses for Alexa and, and it's a standard API. So yeah, I, looked this I would up. be very there's shocked. A, there's a standard API for like all the, dis- the way you display and control like visual Alexa stuff, mm-hmm. which is weird that we haven't seen more devices with that. I'm sure that we're going to see. I just like the idea that you're going to build a product for your huge market of Android tablets that you've sold. But like if you think about this in the abstract, <laughs> Which is the only it way to think about like it. seems like a good because idea. Because no one will ever see <laughs> one or purchase one. You hold a tablet and you're like, man, I wish this thing had a louder speaker. Yeah. Or you look at an Echo Show and you're like, man, I wish I could take this display and like go read some you know, book on the couch. Right? That, I've never thought that. Maybe, maybe you think that. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's this whole LCD panel. It's stuck on my kitchen counter. Oh, how terrible is that? <laughs> and so, Dieter wants everything to be a phone. <laughs> in theory, <laughs> it makes sense to make this thing. Yeah. In practice, it makes no sense at all. Yeah. What if what if you had a TV? It, it, I should, I should, <laughs> you <okay>. just <laughs> gave up on this idea. Uh, Lenovo idea. also made a yoga laptop, the Yoga 920, yeah. that has far-field microphones in it yeah. for Cortana, which I think is very smart. I think that's going to get to be pretty standard, you, I think. Yeah. You know what could have been a really good Cortana device? I was having this conversation today. Uh-huh. The Xbox. Xbox. It is yeah. a Cortana device now, isn't it? 
I don't think you can like but, put the connect in there. Oh. I mean, it is like they they totally killed the connect. Like yeah. The, yeah. They, what they should have done is like offered it with a microphone. Like I really miss saying Xbox. Oh, play Netflix. Yeah. yeah. I mean that everything that happened with the Xbox One, they're like, oh crap, we forgot games. Yeah, and they just let it slide. My Xbox One S, by the way, totally dead. Really, won't boot. Oh, very unhappy. I've it's tried the whole. I tried the hold reset button down trick. Does it have a cool color ring? No, it just it just won't boot anymore. It. I got it to display a screen that's like, ah, oh, things seem broken. You should reset it because I hadn't turned it on in like two months. And it's like, okay, I hit the button and now it's just gone. I need to buy the new version of Madden, and I don't know if I should stay with the Xbox or switch to PS4. And I haven't bought it yet because I really think I might do. I might go all the way but it's hard it's, it feels like leaving my family behind yeah except they've already all moved on to playstation so there's no one there all, on xbox. All to PlayStation. <laughs> the assistant news is out of control yeah so google also announced three third-party speakers with assistant i think the most interesting of them we know nothing about which is the panasonic yep but the second most interesting... The, Panasonic, the news might be out by now. Let me see. But it wasn't... I didn't have the information when it came out. It but Panasonic. the second most interesting is terribly named. Oh, the Panasonic GA10 is a crazy square obelisk of a speaker. So this is the new Panasonic Google Assistant speaker? Yeah. It is just an obelisk. It is just an obelisk. Yeah. And then there... I think this one is interesting because it's cheap. It's $70. It's from Anker. Which is the company that makes everybody's battery packs. Yeah. And they also are, like. Anker's making a cheap Alexa, right? Anker's making a cheap. Uh, called the Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Bad names because mm-hmm. there's the Eufy, which is their little Echo Dot. Yep. And then Anker's Google Assistant speaker. Say it. It's called the Zolo Mojo. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know what is going on with that. Uh, I don't have high hopes with the Zolo Mojo. Because the Eufy, <laughs> the Eufy didn't do it wasn't isn't that great. It's the Eufy Genie, by the, the way. The Eufy Genie is not that great. So Zolo mm. is their Google Assistant brand, and Eufy is their Alexa brand. Is that the story? Uh, you know, I hope not. <laughs> it appears to be the story, but they're not. Again, not great names coming out of Eufy this year. Yeah, a lot, a lot of letters and mistakes. But, but. so the, there's the new fancy Panasonic one. Yeah, there's the Anker stuff. There's a third one. They have an announcement with LG to put. Google Assistant and appliances. Well, no, you can you can control LG appliances with the Google Assistant. Yeah. So you can say, "Hey Google, are my jeans clean?" And they will say, "No, you haven't run the washing machine in three weeks. You disgusting monster!" Is how I assume that will go. <laughs> Just based on personal. <laughs> Why experience. don't you remember me? That's all they say. Uh, and then on top of all, and then obviously there's the, the Sony HomePod clone with Assistant. So tons of new Alexa. And uh, uh, Google Assistant speakers. Yeah. Fairly clear the market will just be flooded with those devices. Yeah. I think it's really interesting now that Amazon will have this massive range going from, I mean, they're just going to start giving the dot away for nothing. Yeah. It's, it, we're so close to it. But right now it's 40 bucks. Sometimes it goes down to yep. 30. Um, now, all the way up to, you know, bigger, batter speakers. Yeah. Have we seen any speakers out of IFA? I haven't seen any major ones that run both. No, nothing runs right. Both. I think and, you got to make that deal. Right. And all of this all of these smart speakers are happening in the context of Sonos has an announcement coming in October yep. that is going to be a smart speaker. Like 
Finally, they're and just the thing, doing the, the picture of thing. the top leaked to the F- not leaked. Yeah, they put it through FCC certification, so we got a picture of yep. the top, and then they they built that into the invites that they sent out to all the different tech publications. So oh. each each tech publication got a different insight or invite that had a different mouth on it. By the way, mouths not fun to look at after a minute. Yeah, but they if you look in the corner, it had the little top the the dots of the you know the microphone and the volume controls or whatever. Yeah, my yeah. guess is that it's a play five or a play one. With hope touch so. controls at the top instead of the buttons it has. Yeah. Well, I mean, that seems like the fastest It has to have an assistant built in. Right. I will say this about Sonos. Sonos traditionally extremely slow product cadence. Yep. The glacially slow. Yep. They got a new CEO. Yep. He said, we got to speed up the product cadence. Yep. They're he rushing said, a he, voice. He sent a memo that said that they need to have a bias to action. Yeah. Uh, the bias to action then resulted in them pushing out a software update for the Play Bar, which made it broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So super glad I'm not at home this week. Clearly, by the way. <laughs> uh, no, the Play Bar, not the Play Bar, the the one that goes onto the TV. Oh, the Play Base. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's one of the two. Anyway, they pushed out a software update for one of their products that broke everything, and everyone's mad. So yeah. some trade offs there in the Sonos world. Fair. I'm a Sonos fan. Really like my Sonos. Just don't push an update that breaks it. Yeah. Is basically my, but. That's a lot of smart speaker stuff. Yeah. And I think it's fascinating in the context of there's an Apple event coming. We don't know if they're going to talk about the HomePod more there. We presume that they will. And that product is going to sit at the very top of the market. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Siri obviously is integrated across many Apple products. So there is an ecosystem there that's important. But this range that Amazon has now built where you can get all kinds of stuff that runs Alexa, all kinds of smart speakers for every room of your house and every shape, size, color, bad name. Google also moving there very quickly. Yep. Um, it's, that's a weird spot to enter. It's, what's fascinating to me is how we went from there's Alexa and there's the Echo and then there's the Echo and then there's the Echo and maybe some other people are thinking about it to there's just a gajillion things and good luck figuring it out. Yeah, and like, uh, for all of these, it feels like it happened overnight. I know, it, I know, it took you know eighteen months or whatever, but man, I was I was expecting some smart speakers at IFA, but like that's the story of IFA. It was There's, also fundamentally a story of CES, right? But not with as many speakers, right? There were there were was, only a handful at CES. I was like, we made a device that does a thing. Oh, and it's also got Alexa, yeah. but right. or I, you can control all these new devices with Alexa yeah, was yeah. really the the story of CES, and yeah. now it's all this hardware, which makes me wonder. If you are Lenovo or you are Motorola or you are Sony or whoever, mm-hmm. you're the guy who invented the phrase Zolo Mojo, your end game can't be market domination. Right. Right? You, you're only going to get a piece of the market and well, Amazon is going to win because they have all of the devices or Google's going to win because they have all the devices. And so people it, buy speakers like like you upgrade your TV because there's new specs out there like, now you want 4K, now you want 3D, now you want this. If you buy a speaker, as long as it still makes noise until yeah. you're ready to really go up in price or something. Yeah, so I think that this is the thing, right? This is the the feature inflection point. Lots of people have Bluetooth speakers. Okay, now you can get a, a speaker of this size. You can put it in your bathroom or whatever. There's a million price points. You can get whatever assistant you want or you're using. It's going to be part of that ecosystem. I think that's the rush. But none of this feels like a lasting market because after that big rush to buy things, some of these companies are going to win. Some of them are going to lose. Amazon clearly is going to win and just keep making stuff. 
It's I think to Amazon's benefit to have a huge ecosystem of Alexa devices. But you know, the Lenovo stuff, they're putting it out there and the I think in the hope that this is the thing that people want in this moment where they might be upgrading their Bluetooth speakers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that they can't last. How how long do you think until someone says, "Oh, that used to be a smart speaker, but now it's a dumb speaker because they never updated the software. It's not compatible with the newest API. Uh, or like, like when does like software rot? Right, that's a really good question. Ruin the the take its first victim. When are we going to start talking about like the the Qualcomm Snapdragon of speakers and like you want the one that has a faster processor? This just makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, let's. Is there anything else from Efa? Probably, but it's just like a ton of laptops that have the new Intel processors and uh, just everything in the world, and that's mostly it. Okay, a lot of laptops. A lot of laptops. There's some neat gaming ones, but um, here's what we're gonna do. We're, I'm gonna read an ad real quick, as usual uh, for the past couple months of the show. Uh, I talked to Lauren Grush about her show Spacecraft in the next episode, so I'm gonna read an ad. We're gonna listen to Lauren for a while. That was a, actually a really fun interview, uh, and we're gonna come back to talk about some other stuff. This episode of VergeCast brought to you by TransferWise. Do you ever need to send money internationally? Maybe you're an engineer who moved to the U.S. or a business owner paying suppliers in another country or you're a freelancer getting paid by a client in a foreign country. You should use TransferWise, the cheaper, easier way to send money. Because when it comes to sending money, banks are stuck in the past. TransferWise is the future. It uses a peer-to-peer network that trims the fat off of international payments. You pay into a local account. TransferWise pays your recipient from an account in their countries. Currencies don't cross borders. Why should that matter to you? Because it lets TransferWise do things your bank can't. Your bank might charge expensive fees, give you a poor exchange rate. It often takes way too long to use. But you save time and money with TransferWise. TransferWise payments take seconds to set up. They charge one tiny fixed fee, and they give you an exchange rate that would make your cheap Uncle Larry proud. Uncle Larry's back, and he's proud of you. See how much you could save by going to TransferWise.com, or you could download the app from the App Store or Google Play. Once again, that is transferwise.com. Transfer is in I need to send money to another country. Wise is in that Confucius guy was wise. Hmm. Transferwise. Use it. Lauren. Neelai. You're back. I am. You're you from space. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, you're in the middle of your show, Spacecraft. Yes. We've been having you on the show for a few minutes every week. Let's talk about what's going on. This week, you exercised? Yes. All about pumping iron. Well, not really. It's like pumping, pumping syringes. Pumping vacuum. Pumping vacuum. Is that what astronauts <laughs> say? I don't know if that's what they say. Uh, well, I, I hope they do. That's what we say now. But tell us about pumping vacuum. Right. So we went to NASA's Johnson Space Center. I'm sure if people realize by now, we had like an epic day there. Yeah. <laughs> was just, it all one day? It, most of the stuff we – no, everything we did at Johnson Space Center was all in one day. Or that. And then we went to the neutral buoyancy lab. The morning before our flight the next day. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we went there. We This particular episode was at the Countermeasures Training Facility. Fancy word for gym. <laughs> yeah. it was. It's a gym. It's a gym. I will say this. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm watching all these episodes before they cut out. And our, our early edits are really, really long. Because yeah. we, we don't put everything in. And then we're trying to trim back. And there was just a lot of shots of you walking into very nondescript buildings <laughs> like this building looks like a 1970s elementary school from yeah what i gather that's my favorite part so whenever they depict nasa on in movies they always make it look so much cooler than it really is because it's like old 80s 70s government buildings <laughs> like they're all beige brown and like 
so nondescript and they're rectangular, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> <is> there, <laughs> I mean, at least, a, I mean, I have most experience with NASA Johnson Space Center, so like, that's what I know. But yeah, it's not like the prettiest of campuses. So whenever they refer to it in movies, it's always like these orb, cool orbs that they work in or like. I don't know, some geometric shape, and it's yeah. like, no. It's like, it's a, it's it's a, a government building. Remember, this is the government. Paper <laughs> <list>. <laughs> anyway, so you went to a gym inside of yes. a middle school. <laughs> yes. Um, well, okay, so the special thing about this gym is that it's the same machines that you have on to- in the International Space Station that are specifically designed to give you a workout while in zero-G, which is tough because... The whole point of working out here on Earth is to work out against gravity with weights and, you know, to work your muscles and bones against that gravity. Um, but uh, in space, they got to have they have to, like, simulate that. So one way we worked on the ARAD machine, which was the um, I guess it, it it varies as you can use it for squats. You can use it for bench press. It's basically one long bar. But instead of having weights on the ends, it is connected to two canisters and like I was saying earlier they basically recreate a vacuum so one a good demonstration that the guy showed in the video is like if you put down a thumb over a syringe and you try to pull on it you create a vacuum and that that's tough like it's hard to pull against it basically recreates that vacuum effect so and you can adjust it in certain ways and that will make it hard for you to pull the bar or push the bar or whatever you want to do with it and and you can vary that yeah you can vary that um you can bring in like a a thing to lay on, I guess, even though I don't, I actually I'm not sure. Yeah, basically you would have some kind of thing to like strap you in and like pump, <laughs> pump iron. <laughs> pump vacuum. Yeah. a lot. Harnesses are a big, big part of working out in space yeah. because you got to stay put. <laughs> <laughs> on the, when you were on the show last week, you, you did squat lifts. We squat talked lifts. About that. And it was very, it got very hard, very quick. I don't remember how much I'm doing air quotes weight yeah. they put on it. Um, but I just remember being like, okay, I'm done <laughs> after about three or four or five of them. Uh, and the point of this, it's like two hours a day, six days a week. Two and a half hours out. a day, six days a week. And yeah, so what we were saying earlier is, okay, so you and me just sitting here or walking and standing, we're working out our muscles and bones because gravity is kind of pulling us down, but we are defying that whenever we gesticulate and whatnot. Um, but in space, you don't have that. So your bones and lose uh, mineral density, and your uh, muscles can atrophy. So basically, in order to just be normal, <laughs> they have to work out so much during the job. It's a big part of their daily routine. How do they? Pro- I mean, it seems like we don't talk about that a lot. It doesn't come out a ton. Yeah, you notice that, and it kind of bothers me because, yeah. and not not to say that you know space isn't fun, but it always is depicted as like this vacation mm-hmm. land that you go to where you just float around all the time? I mean, I literally, by accident, I didn't want this to happen, but it happened <laughs> to me. I watched part of Passengers last night. Oh, God. It's just, just an awful movie. But it was on, you know, it's like, whatever. Um, and it's a vacation. Yeah, And I was literally, I just watched. But they watched... have, like, simulated gravity. Yeah, but it goes off all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's always breaking. <laughs> but, like, that's, it occurred to me that, like, it's a vacation, right? And It does, they, I think... It gets portrayed that way, and and speaking of, I was I did want to bring this up because we also talk about radiation mm-hmm. in the video too. Um, that was something like when Elon was talking about his deep space transport system that's take going to take hundreds of colonists to Mars or whatever. He like talked about how fun it was going to be with all the pizza shops in it, yeah. and 
I was like, you didn't talk about a gym. Like <laughs> these people. Ha- and, and then I also brought up when I, I remember asking him at the presentation, you know, what about deep space radiation? Because this is something that NASA studies intently. And uh, he was like, mm, I just don't think it's that going to be that big of a deal. Oh, OK, Elon. And I'm like, mm, I think NASA disagrees with you. I mean, I will note that you put out an entire episode of the show about spacesuits, and then Elon put out a picture of a spacesuit. Yeah, <laughs> he's I, definitely he, following our lead. He's watching you. Um, <laughs> so the, the radiation's a big deal, but how do they program their time against that much like workout like requirement? Um, I mean, I believe it's just like a scheduled day yeah. like any other. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think they get up fairly early. <laughs> Yeah, they build in free time too, so it's not like they're just going nonstop all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, they basically have things kind of down to the hour planned out. But um, it's interesting because um, I was actually studying about this incident long ago, before ISS, before Mir. They had a, a station called Skylab where they would go and do experiments um, from time to time, back in the early days of the shuttle. And uh, I remember that. There's this thing called the Skylab Mutiny. It's not really a mutiny, it just gets that name. But essentially what happened was the astronauts felt like they were being overworked. Like everything was regimented to the minute. Mm -hmm. And they had no free time. So then one day, like the last day of their trip or whatever, they just spent the day like hanging out. (laughs) 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 And (laughs) And so basically they call it a mutiny because they were going against protocol, mm-hmm. but in reality, it was like an eye-opening experience for NASA being like, okay, we can't make their, like, people are people. Like, we need, you, you even in space, you get burnt out, you know? So yeah. they have to, they, they do have free time worked into their days. Yeah. On a treadmill. <laughs> well, are apart they, from are the they treadmill. Are they, like, watching Netflix on the treadmill like everybody else? No, who, but they do have movie nights. Yeah. I, I, actually, I remember one time, I think Scott Kelly was tweeting, or maybe it was somebody else, but he tweeted that they were watching Gravity. <laughs> I was like, that seems like the worst I movie to watch. I would not watch, watch that movie in space. <laughs> in space. <laughs> Wait, so you actually ran on a space treadmill, too. Space, yeah, yeah. Space, so the space treadmill. Do they call treadmill, it a space treadmill? <laughs> no, 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 probably not. But the treadmill, yeah, so I was talking about harnesses, basically, um, yeah, you have to wear a harness, and that one was really. I, maybe it was just the fact that we were on Earth, but it really like tore me apart. And yeah. you know, I I run fairly frequently, but it was like just a couple of minutes on that treadmill it really kind of took its toll. But I really think that had to do with the fact that I was in a harness. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's the only way to keep you from floating away and, that, and get that workout. I will say that harness did not look nearly as cool as I thought. Like, he was showing it to you, and he's like, these are just three medical rubber bands. And it's yeah, they're like, just bungee cords connected to, like, a beige harness. Yeah, he just, like, figured it out but one day. Like, we need a harness. And he's like, I've got these cords in the back of my Jeep. Like, right, just right, give right. them to you. Um, so the biggest question we got, and I do want to talk about the radiation part, too, because yeah. it's important. But the, the biggest question I think I saw happen in our comments was people asking about sweat. Yeah. And there's, like, this one incredibly gross shot with the huge ball of sweat that just like sticks to the face. Right. Well, that was Chris Hadfield. He was actually demonstrating what it's like to cry. Oh wow. But it was his tears were getting bigger and the I love how um, water uh, interacts in space cuz of surface tension it, it does ball up like that so you don't have all these droplets of water like you normally do here on earth. And so yeah, so and speaking of gravity, we actually had a trivia question about this like in gravity, they don't really depict it correctly because the tears float away from her face. But in passengers, they actually do depict it correctly. It would ball up 
on your face, like a big glob. And then, yeah, they talked about if you were to jerk your head, the ball would float away and it would get captured by the recycling system and it's used for tomorrow's coffee or water. (laughs) And people really did not like to hear that. Because all the rest of the water that you might expel... Well, I mean, it's not just your sweat. Yeah, right. Every, it's a closed loop system on the ISS. So what goes out then goes back in. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just, I mean, think <laughs> about it. Everything yeah. we drink here on Earth has gone through some organism or another and been recycled. And I'm so, never swimming in the ocean again. Sorry, you're drinking <laughs> pee all the time. <laughs> it's all you can do. You have no choice. So you're running on the treadmill. Sorry. The sweat gloms up on your face. Yeah, well. And then you like whip your head around and it floats away. Yeah. And you're like, see you later, coffee. <laughs> I mean, that's that's it. That's basically it, yeah. right? So if you, we talk about what you learn on the show and how it might apply to Mars and the moon. I think every time, you, every one of these segments we've done. So if you go to Mars, there's way less gravity. You're going to end up having to work out there too, right? Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, and that's also another thing. People don't really know how that's going to affect the body. And that could be a real downer if it turns out that one-third of gravity is, you know, will we be okay on one-third gravity or not? We don't know. know? There's no particular way to test it. Right. And, you know, the longest, I mean, we've been doing this one, the last one-year mission with Scott Kelly was kind of designed to see how, a human could do in um, space for that long. But, you know, it's going to be a lot longer if you're going to Mars. So <laughs> we don't know if one-third gravity is really okay for the human body or not. And, I mean, I'm assuming you would work out, but it's unclear what that will do to the, the human system. I feel like I'm just going to stay here. <laughs> I'm going to drink my extremely well-filtered I mean, pee water on Earth. I, I just love I love being a Debbie Downer when it comes to colonizing Mars. <laughs> I feel like nobody talks about all the problems yeah. that you're going to have. Like Another thing is uh, these, these toxic salts that is in the soil, perchlorates. If you want to grow anything in the soil, chances are your food's going to be toxic because the perchlorates are going to get into your... Uh, your food that you grow. So you're going to have to filter the soil, which is a whole other process. <laughs> There's like all these different engineering challenges that Mars is going to pose, which I'm happy to overcome, but it's not going to be the pizza haven that Elon makes it out to be. Pizza haven. <laughs> he, he really, I think he mentioned like pizza shops two or three times during that presentation. <laughs> he was just hungry. <laughs> it was like it was like an evening presentation. Uh, I can't remember. I, I mentally blocked that day out. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk, speaking of terrible things, yeah. let's talk about this radiation. So you also visited the lab where they try to figure out how to mitigate the, the effects of radiation. Right? Yeah, that place was pretty cool because they have this particle accelerator that is very big, actually, compared to other particle accelerators. And just to clarify, you're basically taking ions and you're spinning them really fast where their electrons fly off Mm -hmm. and that creates particles that are similar to the particles you'll experience in space and then they shoot them at biological samples to see what the effects are and they have this machine that can control how big the beam is um, how fast they want it to go you know the direction they want it to go and they can also shoot it through different materials to mitigate it or not Um, So they've been learning a lot there, and basically what they were saying is, I mean, like we said in the video, NASA monitors their astronauts for lifetime exposure. So if you get to a certain point, then you probably can't fly anymore. That's usually when retirement comes. But when it comes to going to deep space, it's going to be a lot different than going to the ISS because we are shielded by this magnetic field 
So yeah, you get more exposure when you're in space, but it's pretty. It's not bad. However, going to Mars is going to be way different because we do not have that magnetic field anymore to shield people. So they're trying to figure out better shielding to reduce it. It's probably not going to totally get rid of it. Um, but yeah, that's another big issue that NASA needs to work on before Mars can happen. How far along are they on that? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> um, I would say that right now, I feel like they're not that far along. They're more focused on doing the next steps of just before they can even go to Mars, which is building this like deep space gateway. Yeah. And even then, that also comes after building the rocket that they need in the first place. <laughs> so there's a lot of steps in the way, a lot of obstacles that still need to be overcome. Well, the good news is the pizza shops have already been designed. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the first thing. I mean, that's a, like that's an essential for any trip is pizza. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, so you've got, sadly, only one episode of Spacecraft left in this season. But it's not sad because it's my favorite. It, I just watched the first cut. It is amazing. Tell us, <laughs> tell us all about it. So uh, we got well, to... Well, tease it out. Oh. Because we're come back next week and then you tell us all about well, it. Well, let's just say I got to cross an item off my bucket list mm-hmm. that is kind of on everyone's bucket list. <laughs> And that is, we got to ride on the Vomit Comet. So the zero-G plane that does the big parabolas. Yes. So I did get to experience what zero gravity is like. I will say that I watched this and Lauren is very intense in zero gravity. (laughs) Well, the thing, I've seen other videos where people go on this flight. And yeah, it's hard. I've noticed that it's hard for them to kind of articulate how they're feeling because they're just in this moment. So the whole time I was on the flight, I was challenging myself to be as talkative as possible. <laughs> and I might have come off a little deranged. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like very exciting. It seems it's really exciting, cool. but it's definitely a level of lore that doesn't normally come on our videos. <laughs> so I'm really excited for everyone to see that. What's the, what, as people are watching that episode, which just comes out next week, Tuesday. Tuesday. Post-Labor Day. Uh, what's, the, what's the one thing they should be looking for or take away? Mm, the takeaway space seems like a lot of fun it's <laughs> <laughs> just like radiation <laughs> pee drinking but really good times well okay so this one is less informative i mean we tell you about how the plane works and you know the differences you know the different feelings versus like extra gravity versus no gravity it's way more experiential for this one um uh, and it's more of an experience of like how this particular flight is. And um, one one of the cool things um, about the flight was we were on it with Scott Kelly, and he was telling us that it's way nicer <laughs> to be in space because in the in the flight you're alternating between you know extra gravity and no gravity, and yeah. that process of going back and forth is what makes people throw up. Did you vomit on the vomit? Comment? You'll have to find out. All right, spacecraft. When, <laughs> plug your show. It's spacecraft. <laughs> That's your plug. I don't know what got, else to say. I have to say we're it's like we're journalists and we're trying to do these shows and we're not good at the the like plugging that you need to do. Okay, let me try. All right. Spacecraft takes you in to what it takes. <laughs> spacecraft comes out on Tuesdays. It does. The full episodes are on YouTube. Go watch them there. They're great. And if you're on Facebook, you will see shorter condensed things that are really really fun and I think are are doing great. Yes. So I'm very excited that you did the show. We got one episode left, and we'll see you again next week. Yes. Hooray. Do you want to try the plug again? Spacecraft. It's like nothing else. Okay. <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. Sorry. <laughs> Lauren's great. That show's great. You yeah. should go watch Spacecraft.
I'm so jealous, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time I watch that show, it's, di- it's difficult. The episode that's coming up is like complete jealousy inducing with her in the, the zero G plane. What? Yeah. Uh, it's really, she has a good life, that Lauren Grush. Uh, uh, because she's a space person. <laughs> we got to talk about this essential situation. Oh, my God. Dieter, you got to go through it. Okay. Because so, you're the one who called him out hardest. Yeah. So on, I'm going to say Tuesday night, uh, a bunch of people who had pre-ordered the essential phone got an email that said, hey, uh, we don't trust you. Uh, we need a picture of your driver's license to verify your address and like an alternate email, alternate phone number, um, which is a weird thing to ask for in this day and age in e-commerce. But it used to be a very common thing. It's like a way to like deal with fraud. Like... Uh, you know, I don't actually believe you are who you say you are, right? Send us a picture of driver's license and then be like, okay, yes, you're a person. Um, so fine. A bunch of people got this thing and they replied. Said, okay, fine. Here's my driver's license. <laughs> but what Essential did was they sent out this email to, I don't know, a bunch of people, something more than 70, probably something fewer than 200. We don't know the exact number um, from this email address that they set up at Zendesk, which is a customer service portal that you can use. Um, but that email address, they, they set it up as an email group. So everybody who replied to that email was replying to everybody that got sent the original We Need Your Driver's License email, which means that somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 people, according to Andy Rubin, sent pictures of their driver's license to each other. Yeah, now they're all friends. It's the sharing economy, right? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, they're now all Uber drivers for yeah. Essential. So overnight, everybody basically reported that, uh, yeah, it's a phishing scam. It's phishing. And I was like, this this is a weird way to go phishing, yeah. right? So uh, I, I you know, got on the phone with some of the people who had received the email. Um, and one of them uh, just so happened to be a computer forensics expert. And he was the CTO of uh, um, Paul Rand's uh, presidential campaign. <laughs> Oh my, Rand Paul. Rand Paul. Rand sorry, Paul. Rand Paul. Paul Rand. Yeah, Paul Rand. Yeah, he's great. Part of the Love corporation. Paul Rand. Yeah, um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and he's like, yeah, no, this like I, I, you can look at the the DKIDs and the blah 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 blah. Yeah. So like these emails went to Essential, uh, and yeah, and so uh, did t- talk to some other people. Did a little, you know, a little more digging, and uh, said, yeah, Essential screwed this up, and then. Uh, 12 hours later, I don't know, not until the evening of the second day did, uh, they turned it off though. They Whatever turned it was off. broken, they turned off. Yeah. They, they shut down the email so people couldn't share their driver's licenses with each other anymore, <laughs> which, you know, that's sad. It's like they're building a little community <laughs> there. Use the word share. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they copped to it and Ruben apologized. He said, this is humiliating. Um, and they're giving everybody who was involved in this thing a free year of life lock, which is, uh, you know, a prop protection service yeah. thing. Um, so they did the right thing. It, I think it took them a little bit longer. Um, we could talk about the um, quality and tone of Essentials Apology. I have a couple of feelings about it. Uh, but the bottom line is that, like, they copped to it. They apologized. Um, th- meanwhile, the other problem is I think these phones are just now starting to arrive. Yeah. So they said they were shipping last week, and that was technically true, but they were shipping from like Shenzhen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are not a ton of these out in people's hands anymore or yet. Uh, and I, uh, how many people are going to buy them now? Uh, yeah. Um, 
you know, uh, well, you I get did, one for I did free review. if you send everyone your driver's yeah. license. Is <laughs> I what did, I was told. I did the review a while ago. I, I that not that long ago. I still think it's a very beautiful, good, fast phone. I think the camera is pretty bad. Um, uh, but like the c- default consensus opinion amongst everybody else who's looked at it, Mark has just put up his review is that the camera, yeah, it's pretty slow, pretty bad. Yeah. Um, we'll see if they can continue to fix it with software. Um, but either way, like not setting yourself up for success with this phone, guys. Also, I think it's kind of crazy that the number is only 70. Well, but they didn't send it out to everybody who pre-ordered. Okay. They sent it out to people that uh, for whatever reason they felt like they needed to check for fraud. In some way. Like the CTO of Rand Paul's presidential campaign. Well, yeah, there's that. Don't, don't. <laughs> we don't believe you. Uh, yeah, no but, one can be this committed to the free market. No, if it were Paul Rand's campaign, <laughs> then you'd be fine. <laughs> You're like, what's happening here? <laughs> Who are you? Uh, yeah, it's something. It's something. Yeah. I yeah. mean, is it... The, the, what? I don't want to... Go ahead. What is the best corporate apology? <sighs> Man... I don't think that uh, there's a spectrum. There's you're you're holding it wrong yeah. on one end, <laughs> yeah, and then there's like, but it wasn't just you're, you're right. You're the CEO now, I guess. <laughs> you're the CEO. <laughs> I think that that the issue here is that Andy Rubin is not a baby, right? Right. He founded he's founded a number of com- companies that have been very successful. He founded Android. He ran Android inside of Google. It. One would just hope that it was a little bit more buttoned up. At the same time, we pushed the wrong button in Zendesk and we screwed up. Like, yeah. I'm assuming Andy Rubin did not set up their Zendesk account. <laughs> One hopes not. Like, yeah. Right? Like, he's not micromanaging yeah. that. So I get it, but not the best look out of the gate. Right. Also, maybe just hire somebody who knows how to use Zendesk is like the other. Yeah. Like, they were like, this is what we use, right? Everyone uses Zendesk? Just push some buttons here. Ready to go. Send us your driver's license. Yay. <laughs> I mean, that's how I would do it. <laughs> but that's why I'm not in charge of anything. Uh, let's talk about these watches. Bunch of watches. Oh, yeah. Out. Bunch of watches. Uh, uh, the Paul, new Fitbit. The, the Fitbit Ionic. It looks bad. Uh, can I just say it looks I bad? I can't decide. It looks bad. I can't. If You know what? If I was a robot. Yeah. Even part robot, like a cyborg. I think it would look great on me. Um, can ionic I, is a description; it's not a noun. It's an adjective. It, you can't be an ionic. There are you so can many be products. There are so many. We went through like two years where, like, every it was like the Samsung Galaxy Blessed or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> the Galaxy Blessed. Like we went through years of Android phones that yeah, were all okay, adjectives. Uh, I mean, Hyundai makes a car called the Ionic with a Q at the end. Oh, God. So they're just out there. Um, can I t- The one story I will say about this Fitbit watch, I, was, I saw somebody else who had gone to the event. Yep. Um, and she was wearing it. And she, she knew that, like, our team had gone to the event, so she was talking about it. And she's like, here is the craziest thing about it. They wanted to keep this so secret. They gave me the watch to wear. But then they gave her like a wristband to wear over the watch to keep it secret. It was like a huge, like a sweatband, like a like, sweatband. Like a, you're going to play tennis. A device protector in the is 1983. What they it. Ah. But what Fitbit had also done is it had printed the Fitbit logo on the wristband. This <laughs> 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 just defies the point of keeping it secret. Uh, the most interesting thing about this watch is that it runs their new operating system, right? Right. Which is built by Pebble people. Right. 
but it has all the same problem. And they have a big sleep apnea thing. Warren Good wrote a whole great story about their dreams to. Yeah, don't, 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 when you see Fitbit and sleep apnea in the same sentence, don't think that this thing will detect sleep apnea, but they have more sensors on it that can read like oxygen levels in your blood a little bit more accurately. And they're hoping eventually that will lead them to help like identify if you might have it and you should go to the doctor. They're working towards that goal, but they are not claiming by any stretch of the imagination that they do that now with this watch. But what they are saying is we are collecting more data uh, and like we are going to find more and more useful, interesting ways to work with that data. And so there are practical benefits to these extra sensors on this watch now, but if they if they get it right, they could have a very interesting technology in the future. Yeah, that's the that's the proper way to think. I, about I it. think the way that I and you should read that Lauren piece because it's great. But the way I keep seeing this, I think this is going to be true of the Apple Watch, if and when we see a new one next month. They're targeting more towards health too, and it seems like the the pattern that's emerging is you find like a big problem that a lot of people might have and then you develop technology that like helps you mitigate it or identify it or treat it or whatever. And I think the incentives of that are weird, right? Like Weird how? Because they, these are market-driven corporations, right? So like sleep apnea, it would be great yeah. if Fitbit could detect it, but then their bias is going to be towards targeting all the people who have it or are worried about it. And that traditionally has led to not great outcomes with, like, unregulated medical devices or even, like, pharmaceutical advertising, right? right. Like, the incentive structures of that are going to start to get mapped under these health devices. And so what, I think what's, that, a, what's a bad result that this incentive could re- lead to, like, that they're, they've created a device that misdiagnoses stuff? It's I, I don't want to, like, go too far down the line. I just see it, like, hazy in the distance. But Fitbit being like, sleep apnea kills. You probably have it. Wear this watch. Buy this watch. Uh, like to like, fix a, like it. A hyping up or like fear mongering of yeah. the actual condition. Right. And that's like that a very common sort of pharmaceutical advertising thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, they're not there yet, but nope. you see that happening with the big wearables. Like, Apple's really pushing it around diabetes. Like, it's coming. Yep. It's fine. I think it's, it's cool in the sense that. It's probably to everyone's benefit for big companies to think about treating these common problems. Mm. But the incentive structures, especially the companies that are losing, to find one, target it, make you think you have the problem, and then sell you the solution, it, it just feels dicey to me. Mm. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I, like, I don't think Fitbit, that's probably not their mindset now. Mm. But the incentives, you can see it on the healthcare side. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I think I've, I talked to Liz Lopato, our science editor, about it a bunch. Maybe they should have a disclaimer. Ask your doctor if this Fitbit watch looks good on you. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't look good. Can I I also just point out that there's a smartwatch that was announced at CES. It ran Android Wear. So it was a thing you wear. It was called the Vapor. (laughs) Sure was. And we all said, well, that's a stupid name. There's going to be a really obvious joke that people are going to make when that thing gets inevitably delayed and or canceled. Mm -hmm. The Vapor... Android Wear uh-huh. smartwatch has been delayed. Yes. I made FYI. The, I made the joke on Twitter. I admit it. I did it. <laughs> Couldn't say no. Um, uh, I don't – like the Apple Watch is going to win in a way that it's going to win. Android Wear is owning this – like Fossil can't stop putting out Android Wear watches under its many, many brands. And then there's a bunch of Garmin stuff too, right? 
Yeah, so Garmin has, uh, like, there's a Vivo Active and the Vivo Move and the Vivo Sport. Um, Garmin stuff is, you know, it's obviously more pointed towards fitness, but they have been slowly but surely improving the smartwatch stuff and making it not just for, like, hardcore, get a GPS and go hike 10 miles or 20 miles or whatever people who actually exercise do. I don't know. Uh, it's terrifying and scary to me. Um, and so they have an interesting lineup of stuff that goes from like hardcore hike 20 miles down to pretty basic smartwatch stuff, but a little bit more health focused. The one that I'm most excited about is the Vivo Move. Yes, the Vivo Move, because it's a standard analog watch that has like a little bit of a display on the bottom of it, which is just enough. That's all you really want. And then the thing looks like a normal watch. Yeah. Um, I would be very interested to see what, what Garmin could do if they just made a consumer smartwatch generally and not have quite as much fitness stuff in it. But even this Vivo Move is relatively cheap. Um, it's through 300 bucks or 199 for the Sport, 300 for the Primo version. Um, I think, honestly, Garmin is low-key doing a better job at smartwatches mm-hmm. than Google for sure and probably than Fitbit. I think Garmin is a sleeper good smartwatch right now. It's not a full smartwatch. It's not going to do the full thing. And the notifications are still going to be a pain, especially if you're on an iPhone and replying to iMessage and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But people want smartwatches for health stuff. Garmin's pretty good at health stuff. And there's enough smartwatch stuff that you actually use it, but not so much that you're like, why is there a cloud of circles when I hit this button? Yeah. Uh, and how do I, why, where's the dock now? How does blah, 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 blah. It well, just tells so, you the time tracks your health and that's it. Again, I was talking to Liz Lapato, our science editor, and she had played with an Apple Watch for a bit. And then she was like, wait, this is dumb. I'm about to go on a hike. Yep. And my crappy Garmin GPS watch will last three days. Yeah. So these Garmins last longer than those other watches too. Because it's not a computer. But it is computery enough. Yep. Uh, I think that balance plus like a little bit of hardware differentiation is the thing that is right to watch. The challenge here is Pebble had that advantage, but they weren't integrated into the platform and they didn't have a good enough health message. And so they eventually got bought. Yeah. And so we look at these, you know, the Fitbit and the Garmin and we say, well, you're still not integrated into the platform. So as a like pure smartwatch play, it's going to be disappointing compared to an Apple Watch or Android Wear. But they don't they aren't hanging their hat on a pure smartwatch play. They're hanging their hat on we are Fitbit, we are yeah. Garmin, you trust us to do this health thing. And that might be enough. Yeah. But I don't know. Well, I think the Pebble thing, I mean, all these products are different and the Pebble was a little janky, but Pebble's bet was you want a computer on your wrist, and we made a little cute computer for your wrist. Apple's bet is Every, every feature is in here, and in, in generation three, we will redesign the interface <laughs> around what people actually wanted. Yeah. Um, and that they're pushing more towards fitness, but it's still very much a computer. Yep. The rumors are the next one will have its own cell radio. It'll be even more independent from the phone. And then these other companies are saying they're fitness devices with a little bit of computer next to them. Right. So there's a spectrum, mm-hmm. and it's very clear that pure computer just kind of fell by the wayside. Yeah. Because no one actually wants a computer on the wrist because you can get a phone with a giant screen. Right. Which is, I think, th- as the screens get bigger and in more compact bodies, the why do I need a watch piece of this conversation is going to become more and more interesting to me because I don't, 
Dieter's wearing one. I am. I see, I today just like saw a bunch of people wearing AirPods as I commuted to work. Very rarely see watches now. Yeah. Like more people, I think, but you know, obviously I'm not like checking everyone's wrist, but I see like a lot of AirPods because they provide this like instant massive utility. Yep. Whereas I think people are still kind of struggling. Although yesterday we hung out with a guy, I don't know if you noticed this, he was wearing a watch and and a Fitbit Fitbit. on the same wrist. Yeah. It was ballsy. Yeah. It's a power move. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to read another ad. We should talk a little bit about iPhone. We should talk a little bit about the new YouTube stuff. Mm. No, we should wrap this thing up. This episode of the Vergecast also brought to you by Squarespace. Whatever your next big idea might be, count on Squarespace to help you create an eye-catching online platform that brings it to life. Whether you need a portfolio to showcase your work, a store to sell your products and services, or a blog to share your ideas, Squarespace gives you everything you need to look like an expert right from the start. You can even get a unique domain, which strengthens your brand and makes it easier for visitors to find you. Plus, with Squarespace's award-winning templates, creating a beautiful website is a simple and intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with the click of a mouse, and there's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. But if you do have a question, Squarespace has award-winning 24-7 customer support that can help you with any problem, no matter how technical or trivial. Think of it as your very own IT department. So, make your next move. Start your free trial at squarespace.com today. If you use offer code VERGE, you get 10% off your first purchase. Again, that is offer code VERGE, V-E-R-G-E. Squarespace.com, offer code VERGE. Squarespace, this was an advertisement. Should we talk about a little Apple stuff? Every I, week. Oh, yeah. Crap. We never forget. Never forget. Ever. <laughs> I got to move. <laughs> well, at first it was called, will you please come to my block party? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? This week I'm changing the title. Yeah. It's called, who will let me out of this yarn prison? <laughs> <laughs> um, Every week we do a segment <laughs> called, who will let me out of this yarn prison? <laughs> so there's this robot. Called Blossom. Oh, this thing is ah. It's so creepy. You have to. You'll have to. You'll have to check it out. Um, on on the uh, Ashley's write up was someone please save this robot. Yeah, and it it th- they wanted to make it more natural, so it kind of has analog movements. Yeah, and it it's like it looks like a cat with a bag over its head and holes poked for the ears, and the bag is made out of yarn. And it's kind of like vibing and bopping and stuff, but it just looks like it's struggling to get out. Do you remember those like dancing flowers that you could get? They, 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 no, no, it's just me. No podcast listeners know what I'm talking about. Dancing, yeah, dancing. Yeah, that kind of thing, and they yeah. listen to the music. Yeah. So I don't think it's creepy because it looks like it's trying to get out. Oh, why? It's do you creepy because it should have a face, but it, it doesn't. has no eyes. Yeah. yeah. It ha- but it has like kitty ears. Well, you so could- it looks like it's facing away from you and quietly <laughs> dancing. Yeah. And it, like, what the hell is going to happen? It never turns around. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's going to turn around and kill you. Yeah. Nobody is, has seen it turn around and lived to tell about it. <laughs> it's yeah. like, can it turn around? Uh, the CEO of that company, again, Ashley's write up is Ooh. amazing. But the CEO of the company is like, well, if you want to add eyes, you can just sew eyes onto it, yeah. <laughs> which is not acceptable. <laughs> no, I'd put little googly eyes on it, but I don't think it would actually, I think it would actually help. Yeah. Jabra made some neck buds, the uh, Elite 25E that has 18 hours of battery life, 22 hours of standby time. Neck, bu- neck buds for life. 22 days of standby time, excuse me. Uh, Sony also put out some truly wireless. Some true wireless. Yeah, their battery life on the truly, truly. I'm, this, when I saw those Sonys, I, that's when I decided I am 
100%, I've made my choice, Team Neckbud. There we go. Because you, when you take them out, you don't have to like put them in a weird case and mm-hmm. put them in your pocket. You just let them fall around your neck. Yeah. And then you can hide them under your shirt if you don't want to look like a nerd, because you do. I'm not saying that neck buds look good. They make they look terrible, but they are slightly more convenient, and uh, therefore I'm team neckbud. Yeah. I almost lost an AirPod yesterday. Oh, yeah. man. Came real close. Wait, what happened? Give me the play-by-play. So <laughs> I came home. Dieter and I were out. Helen, our editorial director, came home, was thinking some thoughts. Okay. Some whiskey fueled thoughts. This is really good so far. Oh, Put in my AirPods and then like walked outside. And, and then the one gust of wind. Of my ear. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, it's dark. <laughs> had drinks. Uh huh. I'm never going to find this thing again. <laughs> and then frantically searched for them and then found it under a leaf. Aww. I mean, it wasn't like, and then the leaf, I wasn't like, which oh, had leafy. no, <laughs> the leaf, which had no eyes stood up and started dancing. Yeah. Facing away from me. <laughs> it was shaky. I'm, like, I'm going to turn around. I was like, I ran back in the ah, house. I'm so uh, afraid. Used my AirPods to make a phone call. I called the police. <laughs> <laughs> There's a murderous leaf on the loose. I didn't, I didn't do any of that. But yeah, uh, it Apple. came real close. Apple. Apple. Speaking of AirPods, mm-hmm. here's my question. So they put out the invites, number 12th. Yep. They're having it at the Steve Jobs Theater, which I think we all sort of suspected they would do. Yes, at Apple's new campus, Apple Park. Um, the invites line is, let's meet at our place. Yep. So no hints there, really. Not really. The Apple logo is shapes and colors, very abstract. No hints. Not no really hints. any hints. There's three shapes and colors. To signify the three stools of Apple's business, <laughs> or the three legs of the stool, <laughs> and one hobby. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, I think do we not? It feels like that firmware leaked, and we know everything there is to know, right? There's new phones. We've talked about the new phone rumors endlessly. There is obviously they have to talk about the new Apple TV because that's been leaked, and I think they're way overdue. Yeah, um, there was some stories that they're negotiating with studios to make 4K movies a little bit cheaper to buy. So right now they're about twenty nine dollars on mm-hmm. Vudu and wherever Google Play you can buy them. They're trying to get to twenty. I'm curious if they're gonna they're gonna have 4Ks. What the rental price will be? Because renting right now, I think an SD is like three or four bucks, and then the HD is, you know, six maybe seven. Paying ten bucks to rent a movie to me, yeah. This is how I end up just buying them. Yeah, Um, the windowing has gotten extremely aggressive in all these movies. Yeah, it's bonkers. Um, They now window. Voodoo at least will window the 4K purchase. So really? You can buy it in SD and HDX, and you have to like, wait a little bit to get the 4K. Huh. Um, if Apple can solve that particular problem, th- like there's not just broad availability, that will be a huge win. Yeah. But yeah, it seems like we kind of know. Do you guys think the iPhone 7 will, or the 7S, will have wireless charging? Yes. Yeah. I think the big question there is whether it has a home button. So, like, Hyam is just like, it's definitely going to have a home button. Well, but there was a, there was, Inside Rambo on Twitter had a he found somewhere deep in some beta an animation of uh, a different way to bring up the cards by swiping up from the bottom, just like WebOS. Yeah, and that animation looked like a iPhone 7s, and it was very hard to tell if whether or not there was a home button there. Yeah, so I, I think it's sort of the big open question. But like, were you expecting surprises? I'm not particularly expecting like a HomePod to come out. Uh, I. I think no. that's December. Yeah. I am expecting that the most interesting thing will be, for me personally, will be the the new sort of 
gesture-based UI and the changes they make to iOS to get rid of the home button. I yeah. think it's going to be more interesting than just uh, you know the face unlock. We saw the the thing where there was just like a little bar on the bottom. Getting rid of the home button and not just doing a straight virtual bar on the bottom like Android does presents a wide array of very interesting UI challenges to make it intuitive and natural and useful. And I'm just going to say that in terms of doing the right thing with interesting hard UI problems, I don't have a ton of faith uh, in Apple to get it right based on recent history of different things you do with the current home button and the way that notifications work and like that what they've done with force touch in particular i am a little bit nervous that whatever they do to navigate ios based on getting rid of the home button on the new iphone could be troublingly weird yeah i'm a little bit nervous yeah i think force touch was the big misstep like trying to make that a thing that was like a solution in search of a problem. Yeah. Yeah. That really confused a lot of... Well, no, but you, you see the narrative, right? They added force touch to the screen. Then they added the non-movable home button. And now they're going to take it away. And they're hoping that over the course of the two years, you have learned to, like, click your screen. But... Who but but I, I haven't. I haven't learned how to click my screen. I click the button at the bottom, and yeah. every time I click something in iOS, it's like, oh, oops, I meant to press and hold. I use I preview uh, web links all the time. I think it's great. When I use an Android phone, I'm like, hmm, I wish that was there. Really? Yeah. I, I really? The one thing I wish I could do is you like you peek the web link, like you push the URL and yeah. it pops open. I'm like, I just need to scroll this a little bit. Like, what's the end of this headline say? Have you tried, like, like two-fingering it? It doesn't work. No? Okay. It's so dumb. And then you end up holding it down harder, and you open the web page. You're like, well, I should have just clicked the web page. You should have just clicked it is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. All, it, like, all the time. I'm like, I just need to see the last word in this headline. Or it's like, there was a picture of such and such in this article, and you click it, and you're like, I just need to scroll to the picture. This is what AI should be used for. Previewing web pages. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. I, yeah. Big change is coming to the phone. I think this the software stuff is really interesting. There's obviously going to be a ton of AR stuff happening. Google put out a big new AR core framework for its Android phones, yep. which kind of feels like the whole Tango project was a misdirect. Uh, well, or, I wouldn't, or, I wouldn't, or I would fail. Yeah, I was going to say, mis misdirect would imply that they intended to misdirect you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it shouldn't get right. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like it's going to be a big event for them. They're, they're, they're going to make a big deal out of it. And I think the, the lack of, the lack of sort of like hints in this, probably a reaction to the fact that so much is leaked. But also, I think they're trying to, they're trying to keep it more secretive so it gets yep. bigger play. On a very personal note, uh, which, does not really apply to anybody but um, people that are actually going to the event. If Apple can't nail Wi-Fi reliability on their home turf, on their campus, I'm going to see that as a bad sign. I'm just yeah. saying. I think they'll figure it out. I think they'll figure it out, too. Yeah. Yeah. But I it's, wonder, it's not easy. Getting this is like right very inside baseball, but their previous on-campus theater, like mm -hmm. notorious for not, like, not having enough like power plugs. Yeah. Like all the stuff that journalists need. It's stuff that we don't complain about because who, who cares? Like, we should just figure out these problems because we know we're going to go do the coverage. But you hope. Yeah. 
you hope they're like, hmm, Neelai's always sitting on the floor in the corner at the end of these events. <laughs> Maybe we should add some power jacks to this room. Uh, we'll see. I'm very excited to go there. I haven't been to that campus. I'm excited to see this new theater. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just overall excited to go hang out. And then the next day, you got a live Verge cast. Yeah. It's going to be wild. September. Looking good. Yeah. Um, By the way, if you want to go see the live Verge cast, yeah. go to bit.ly, bit.ly, you know, just bit.ly slash vergecastsf. All one word. Bit.ly. Bit.ly slash vergecastsf. Yeah. It's going to be great. I yep. really, and if you're there, please come. First of all, because it'd be embarrassing if no one came. But second of all, I'm excited to see you. I think it's gonna be fun. There's gonna be some scissor vodka jokes, like, but like IRL. You think about bring, it. bring back the the oldies with the goodies. Yeah, in cups. <laughs> oh, you just say there's gonna be vodka to drink. Yeah, there's like legal issues. I can't actually call it <laughs> scissor vodka. We're gonna figure it out, <laughs> but we're gonna work on it. So there's like a bar situation. This is gonna be chill. So if you're in San Francisco, coming to the event, stick around the next day. Come to the Vergecast. We're, we're working hard on some special guests. We'll see if we can make it happen. No yep. promises yet. Okay. I think that's the show. I want you to go read, however, on the website. Ben Popper did a big feature on YouTube's new logo, which the logo is not very different. But I think the way YouTube is thinking about itself is really interesting. And Ben pulled that story out of the logo change. So you read that. And then Casey did a big write-up on how good YouTube's feed has become because they pointed Google Brain, their like AI machine learning stuff, at powering that feed. And the little things that YouTube does to show you stuff you might be interested in is so clever. You should just read it. I think YouTube has been better than ever recently. That's basically the genesis of Casey's story. He noticed that he was watching so much more YouTube than before. Mm. And it's because of Google Brain. Yeah, they really have me figured out. It, it, it kind of annoys me sometimes. Well, here's the one little nugget that I thought was, it's like, it seems really obvious, which I think is always the sign of something really smart. It knows when you're on a phone and it recommends shorter videos when you're watching a phone. And if you're on a TV or, or a bigger screen, it recommends longer videos. And that's like the AI just figured out that it should start doing that. That's like, it sounds really obvious. That's the sort of thing where it's like one guy in a meeting was like, you should do this. And everyone's like, that sounds smart. But like the robot just sorted it out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go read that stuff. I, I always want to call out cool stuff to read on the website on this radio show. You know, it's a homework. It's multimedia. <laughs> we, have, we have a number of great CD-ROMs you can put in your computer. Uh, also, rate and review us on iTunes. We're everywhere. Uh, we have a new show coming up from Ashley Carmen and Caitlin Tiffany that I'm super excited about. It's called Why'd You Push That Button? We're going to be running some teasers about it very shortly in this show. I'm just ridiculously excited about it. We'll have more information. So just hyping that up. Keep it in your mind. And if you want to listen to more tech podcasts, there's a bunch of great ones from our friends at Recode. Lauren Good, who's uh, great, who's on the show all the time, uh, does Too Embarrassed to Ask with Kara Swisher, which is great. Peter Kafka does Recode Media, which is one of my very favorites. Kara Swisher does Recode Decode. All that's on iTunes. Go rate, review it, check it out. Keep listening. Our armada is growing. It's happening. We're, we're going to media war. <laughs> this metaphor is bad. Uh, and that's it. And you can tweet at us. Paul's at Future Paul. Dieter's at Backlon. I'm at Reckless. We love to hear from you. That's it. Rock and roll. Paul. Run with it. <laughs> what? What? <laughs>